McCoy, and I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen. I'll tell you a little bit about why we're here. Some of you have done this a lot of times. Proud to say this is your favorite place to worship. Amen. Amen. I think. Um, can't stay here forever, though, can we? What we're doing here is we're practicing what uh, the early church would have practiced because they were being killed for worshiping Jesus, for worshiping God, claiming Jesus as his son. And so they had to sneak around just to have fellowship with one another. And so they would have come into a a graveyard, basically. Um, We're thinking this is under the catacombs in Rome where they buried their dead. And often, I don't know if anyone tonight carried in one of their cabin mates pretending, but we've done that before. The Roman soldiers uh, would have loved to persecute them, but they weren't going in there where it was that stinky to chase them. So this was the one safe place in Rome where they could worship. I want to I tell you that when we leave here, We'd like for you to go to the baptistry for a, uh, a special celebration for a young lady. That we're going to witness that. A while ago, you sang a song, um, a new song that we're singing, and, and the bridge in there says, Take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. That's what you sang over and over. You prayed to God, you sang it loud. I hope you meant it. Because the people that would gather in a place like this, for fear of their life, they meant it. Because they felt like they had already given their life to Him. They were going to praise Him no matter what. We're going to watch a young lady get buried in baptism. Now. She's saying, take my life and let it be all for you. The question is, um, what if this happened to us? That it was against the law to worship would you be here sitting on this floor? And that's something only you can answer. That's something you have to back up and go, did I really mean it when I said, take my life and let it be all for you and for your glory. That's what he's asking you to do. A life sold out for him. We've got this awesome speaker for you tonight, and I know you love him. Kate Shape, Kevin's going to come up and, and talk to us. Um, it's got some special things to share with you about about why these people could do this and how that ties in with Jesus and who he was and what he represented and what he sacrificed for you. So Kevin, come up and I'll pray over you and you can tell us the story. Lord, we love you and we thank you for Kevin. I thank you for these young people I know are we're getting kind of numb, sitting on the concrete, but man, the praise was awesome, Lord. We loved praising you together, and Lord, I love being here and listening and being a part. We thank you that we can be your family, the body of Jesus here on earth. I thank you for Kevin, Lord, his words he's going to give us. I pray you'll bless him. Uh, I know he's worked hard on this, um, and I pray you'll just help him to remember what he studied and that you'll speak through him tonight. We thank you for Jesus and pray in his name. Amen. Amen.
Let me just get my notes together real quick. So, um, kind of moves. This is weird. So, uh, the I'm going to stand up here most of the time. So, the older I get, the more my my perception and view of reading scripture changes. And I've, I've discovered a new way, I guess, to look at the Bible. And uh, I mean, I love the stories. I, I love the characters. And I mean, I've looked at it so many. I've looked at it for comfort. I've looked at it to to know how more about look like Jesus. I've looked at it for ways to for my life to, to change. I, I guess you could almost say the, the rules. But I've been I've been seeing the Bible in a different way recently as this as this overarching story of God. And it's beautiful. Yeah. That God is uh, God at the very beginning, you know, he he's so loved that he created. He had so much love he wanted to create something that would love him back. And for God so loved that he gave them freedom to do that. To choose to love you back. And that's beautiful. But then we have a fall, a break, and things kind of get all messed up. And ever since then, God is trying to redeem his people. God wants this relationship. He wants to, like in the garden, walk beside you again and talk with you and visit with you and put his arm around you. He's just trying to. And so you have this whole story. And as you look at the Bible, it's just this this story after story of God just trying to intervene and, and, and have a relationship. And there's this really cool set of stories, these four scenes that I want to tell you about that that have this really interesting thread, common thread in them. And the first one, y'all actually, I uh, think y'all are supposed to, to read about it, and that's the Passover. And kind of let me reset that scene a little bit for you. So you've got the Israelite nation, these Jews who have who are just been in slavery for 400 years, and they're crying out, God, please send us a deliverer. Please help us out of slavery. Get out of Egypt. And, they, and of course, God sends Moses. And then we have these things, these plagues, these frogs, these boils, these... There's these storms to try to convince the Pharaoh to let them go. But then there was this last plague. And if you remember, God is going to send a spirit and, 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 and destroy the firstborn throughout the whole country of Egypt. And he told his people, he said, what I want you to do is for your protection and so that I know who you are, I want you to, on your doors, I want you to Put the blood of a lamb. So I want you to put it on the doorpost. I want you to put it on the lintel, just the top. And so he says, so as I pass by, I'm going to see the blood of this lamb, and I'm going to save your family. Your family will be safe, and no harm will come to you. That's what happened that night as the Spirit of God move through the, the country of Egypt. Those people whose doors were marked by the blood of that lamb, they were protected. And fast forward just a few years, and God is starting to give the instruction to the Israelite nation of just kind of the way to to live their lives. But one thing he set up was this, this thing, and, and I think it's hard for us to understand, but he said, I want you to once a year sacrifice a lamb that will be kind of represent you and, and, and will will be the atonement for your sin for the year. 
And so the family would find this lamb and take it to this high priest, this guy, and he would look at the lamb and look at all the details and make sure the lamb was perfect. The family would lay their hands on the lamb and kind of ceremonially that he would, they would transfer their sins to that lamb and the lamb was slaughtered. They did this for over and over and over. I mean, if you were 13 years old, you saw this 13 times. If you were 40 years old, you saw this 40 times. So this was very common. They they knew this. It was just part of their yearly ritual. Fast forward a little bit longer. Actually, you can fast forward a little bit more. Okay, don't fast forward too far. Um, And then we get to John the Baptist. He's baptizing people and... And Jesus was on the on the banks of the of that where he was at, and he looked and he said, "Look, behold the Lamb of God." And of course, we know. I mean, we sing songs about. We sing songs earlier about the Lamb of God, and we know what that means, right? He was the sacrifice for our sins. And and I think if you remember the picture of them putting the crown of thorns on his head and. Banging that crown of thorns and that blood start to drip. And then they pound those nails into his hands. And on the cross, we are saved by the blood of the Lamb. If you are covered by the blood of the Lamb, you are saved. That's an incredible picture. Let me tell you a quick story about myself. I am. Uh, I really struggle. I struggle with God. I don't struggle with God loving me. Um, I struggle with God being proud of me. I struggle with feeling that I always let him down. And I struggle with this year after year after year. It's like a burden. I don't pray enough. I don't read enough scripture. I don't get up at 6.30 in the morning and pray for an hour and a half and read my Bible. You know, I, I don't read scripture to my kids every night or send them off to school with a song. I just, I can't, I can't do enough. And, the, and my staff, the people that I work with, the church that I work at, we were reading this book, and this guy, he was talking about his struggles with, he just, he couldn't seem to do enough to please God. He was trying to please God and trying to please God. And I mean, I wept because I, I know what that feels like. Because I cannot seem to do enough. I still feel like I'm disappointing him. Right? And at the end of the book, um, he starts describing the scene where these families are taking the lamb to the priest. And I've heard this story before, but he said, the priest never looks at the family. He only looks at the lamb. And the strange thing about it is about a week and a half earlier, I had this lady come to my come to my office and she's probably about 70 years old and she goes, I've got this song that I want you to do in church sometime. I said, okay. She goes, I don't quite remember it. And she tried to describe it for me and I, I found it, looked it up on YouTube, but it's a song by Ray Bolts. And it's called Behold the Lamb. And the story is about a young boy and his dad taking a lamb for the sacrifice. And the little boy loses the lamb. At the end of the song, the father said, it's okay. And he points up at the cross and says, behold, he's the lamb. 
And I remember I was driving back from the devotional, and I was driving down the highway because uh, just uh, we had the devotional in a different town. And I was driving down, and I was coming across this one kind of tall overpass, and I got it. God doesn't look at me. He looks at the Lamb. He looks at Jesus. He doesn't look at my righteousness. He looks at the righteousness of Jesus. He doesn't look at my sin. He looks at the perfect Lamb of God. And on that bridge, I about had a meltdown because all that, all that guilt, all that shame, all that what I thought God was disappointed, God said, you know what? I love you because I see my son because you are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And I tell you, I'm not going to be honest, Satan tries to bring that all back up. But I have to remind myself, God doesn't see me and my guilt and my shame. He sees me as, the son, as his son. Because I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. My fourth sin. So you have a, a group of people who are afraid. These are covered by the blood of the Lamb people. They're hiding out in a crypt. And I, I love the imagery the other night that Rusty said about this race. And I, think, I think these people are struggling with their race. I think they were about to hit a wall. And God gives John this revelation to encourage his people who are about to hit this wall. And, you know, the book of Revelation, it's just got some weird scenes in it. It's just strange. But the thing about it is that, that these people knew the story of God. They knew, they knew the past. They knew the history. And, and the way John wrote it was kind of like almost in code a little bit. So that when the Romans found the letter, they wouldn't tear it up. They would go, well, this is kind of weird. Y'all can have it back. But when they read it, they understood the story because they knew the story of God. So in this scene, I want you to think about this. I want you to imagine yourself. This is uh, in, in Revelation chapter 4. There's a scene where, where these 24 elders are around the throne of God. There's these four living creatures. And, and they're saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty holy, holy, holy. I want you to imagine yourself in that throne room. I want you to imagine yourself singing holy, holy, holy. Basses, I want you to sing this. Let's sing it softly. You know, raise it a little bit so I can actually sing it. Holy, 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 holy basis. Holy, 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 holy. Let me hear the basses again. Holy. your partner like this. Holy, holy, 
Sopranos. one who was sitting on the throne there was writing on the inside and on the outside of the scroll and it was sealed with seven seals and I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it but no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping! Look! The Lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir of David's throne, has won the victory! He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. But it was now standing between the throne and the four living beings among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the seven spirits of God that is sent out in every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp. They held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it. For you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God. From every tribe, from every language, from every people, from every nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God. And they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again. And I heard the voice of thousands and millions of angels around the throne of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. Revelation chapter 5.
my name is Kevin Schaefer, and I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb.
Thank you.